is a well-respected high school football scout, known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig, Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth. The world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. In the transparent truth. Tr- 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 <laughs> welcome, welcome. You're now listening to the transparent truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. Tuesday, intercom, Miracle Mile. I got my main man, Greg Biggins. 20 plus years. I don't think I can say 20 years anymore. It might be 20 plus years in the industry. GB, what it do? Way too long, Keith. Way too many years. I need to get a life. No, get man. Quick. No, I think you're good. You you love this, Greg. Are you kidding me? You love the eh. drama. You love the back eh. and forth. You yeah. love the 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 controversy, the confusion, the competition. <laughs> I think the three C's of GB: controversy, confusion, and competition. I think you love all those things. Yeah. No, I, I think when people think of GB, but one of the last things they probably think of is is controversy. No, 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 no. Not you in controversy, but. The controversy that surrounds the industry. Yeah, I think that's, that's yeah. definitely not going to ever change. That's, no, uh, that's out there for sure. For oh, sh- show for sure, man. We got a good show. We're going to be talking today. Uh, we're going to be talking public versus private, or public and private. I don't know if we need to say versus private, but kind of shapes up to be that conversation um, when you kind of get down to the nuts and bolts of it, GB. But talking public versus private. And there are a lot of goings on inside the Southern section right now with schools, student athletes, transfers. There's some drama behind the scenes. Not sure what we can share and what we can, but GB, we're definitely going to tap in. But before we get to any of that, we always got to start off our show with recruiting news. GB. The Transparent Truth Recruiting Report. Here's what you got. Yeah, so just one commitment from the from the Southern California area. That was Isaiah Bradford, pretty good-looking safety from Redlands East Valley. Uh, committed to Boise State. That was kind of his dream school. Cousins with Alexander Madison, their really good-looking running back who just, I want to say he was drafted in the third or fourth round. I think Broncos do a great job with running backs. But uh, Bradford, like I said, a, a really good-looking safety prospect. And uh, I think a guy that we kind of have a little bit underrated. I think he's a high-level 10-plus, top-12-level guy. And that's not to diss Boise State because you and I have talked before, Keith. Boise State, for me, is, is a Pac-12-level program. I'm just saying, you know, you think of Pac-12, you kind of think of it has a little more prestige than the Mountain West. But uh, Isaiah Bradford, Keith, good-looking kid. Like I said, about 6'1", 6'2", real physical kid. I, I kind of did a little write-up on him and said, you know, the one thing I'd love to see more of it, maybe just being a little bit more of a ball hawk. He's always going for that kill shot with his opportunities for turnovers. But just in terms of the way he plays, the physicality, sure. uh, this guy can bring it. No, I like it. I like a guy who's a physical presence in the middle of the field coming downhill to separate receivers from the football. It provides an intimidation factor, Greg, that I like as a defensive guy. As a coordinator, you want guys to be thinking twice about catching that ball across the middle because you're going to lay some lumber to that bottom. So, uh, congratulations. And, uh, yeah, like you said, Alexander Madison, big-time player, just drafted into the NFL. And uh, he's from San Bernardino, correct, GB? He sure is. Yep, yep. Absolutely. So congratulations to that family. Uh, and that was it as far as that commitment. Um, although one other one I'll, I'll mention, only because we talked so much about Oregon, but uh, they picked up Miles Slusher, who's an, another elite safety from Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. So, yes. Uh, Oregon is 
really doing a great job defensively, especially in that secondary. Dante Williams and Keith Hayward do a, a really nice job kind of teaming up. They got uh, a three defensive back commitments already. They're still involved with several other players. And, uh, you know, one of them being Mason Williams, who's going to announce on June 1st. He came out with the top three. I really think it's the top two. But Arizona State, Oregon, and Tennessee, I think it's going to be those two Pac-12 schools. I, I kind of get the edge to ASU right now, but he visited Oregon just two weeks ago and, and loved it. So uh, Mason Williams now at Narbonne, transferred in from Sarah in the offseason, which that'll be kind of a little bit of our part of our topic. You know, a couple of players this past weekend transferred out of private schools to go with the public route. But uh, Mason Williams uh, could join Miles Flusher, or he could end up going to ASU and uh, playing for Tony White and Antonio Pierce over there. Uh, L.B. Bunkley Shelton recently visited Ohio State, and he kind of came out and said Ohio State, Arizona State, USC, and Oregon are his top schools. He's going to officially visit all of those schools. Uh, Clark Phillips, uh, La Habra High School, is going to come out with his top five this week. That'll either be later uh, today, which is Tuesday, or it could be on Wednesday. Uh, I think three of those top five uh, the schools he mentioned, he's mentioned a lot, Ohio State, Cal, and Utah. I think some people might, might say Cal and Utah. How they get involved in there when there's schools like LSU and Alabama, SCU, UCLA, everybody's involved with him. But Cal and Utah have really done a, the best job probably recruiting him and connecting with him. And that's, all, that's what recruiting to some extent is. It's about building that connection, building that relationship. And he also likes the way those two schools develop their defensive backs. And I've always said, man, it's not always the, the biggest name school. It's the best fit for you. And both Cal and Utah have really good defensive back coaches. So don't get enamored by picking who's the number one program in the country. Go where you can play and where you can get developed. Absolutely. Uh, Christian Dixon, a recent transfer into modern day. Uh, He visited Oregon over the weekend. He's a 2021 receiver, and they offered him a scholarship. Uh, So he's pretty excited about that. Uh, And then Jake Shipley, he's out of Shadow Hills High School. That's in Indio, which is kind of in that San Diego area. Uh, came out with the top five, Washington, Oregon, UCLA, Arizona State, and Cal. I think probably UW and Oregon might be his top two. Uh, there was some talk that DJ Wooly under the leg could make his decision this Sunday. Uh, I think as of right now, um, he might be putting that on hold for a little bit. I don't think it has anything to do with his, you know, being confused about his choice. I just think he's, uh, they're, they're trying to get, you know, some, some stuff done so they can make the commitment and that's, uh, they're still kind of waiting on the on the backside. So uh, it's still Oregon and Clemson. I still feel like Clemson is the school to beat, but uh, it may not happen on the fifth, like we thought, which is his mother's birthday. It may happen maybe at two weeks from now. Mm-hmm. So look out for DJ Wooly Adelaide to make his decision pretty shortly. And I think that might be about it this week, Keith, for recruiting notes. Great, quick question. Quick yes, question, sir. real question. Does Oregon have – if you had to put a percentage on Oregon and their um, chances to grab DJ, what percentage would you put it at, just honestly? Uh, I, I, mean, I think Clemson leads pretty good. So if I'm giving a percentage, because it's recruiting, you always give everybody a puncher's chance, maybe sure. 20 to okay. 25%. So okay. I, I would say pretty strong, pretty strong 75 80% chance to Clemson right now. Okay, well, Oregon, uh, you know, they shot their best shot. They they uh, had their hat in the ring for quite a while. Yeah. They even threw their hat in the ring for the little bro. But um, DJ making his commitment coming up soon, and um, wherever he decides is his choice, and whatever happens, we'll all be happy for him. So 
Uh, GB, thank you so much. I think that does it for recruiting, correct? Yes, sir. Solid. It's time to move along, ladies and gentlemen. One of my favorite parts of the show, and probably my favorite part of the show, GB, it's time for our Sleeper of the Week. It's time for our Sit and Sleep Sleeper of the Week. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. Our sleeper of the week this week, Greg Biggins. We're going to venture up north. We're going to take it to Northern California. You got a guy, GB. Why don't you share with our listeners? Yeah, so this is a player that we've kind of known about for a little bit. Brandon Huffman uh, has liked him. Blair mentioned him this past weekend at the Passing Down Tournament. Uh, Nate Richena, Northern California player, like you mentioned, Monta Vista High School in Danville, California, one of their top programs up in Northern California every year. And uh, he's, a, he's just a good-looking athlete, 6'2", 6'3", two-way player, can play some safety, some, some linebacker, play some receiver. Uh, you know, we have him rated as an athlete, but I think most schools right now prefer him on the defensive side of the ball. But, uh, you know, has a few offers. It's always fun to talk of, talk of kids that don't have, haven't been offered yet, but we also like to talk about kids who maybe aren't getting recruited as heavily as we feel they should be. So uh, Nate McKenna, for me, um, is probably a, a double-digit offer guy. He's not even close to that right now, but uh, you look at the length, you look at the ball skills, look at the size, the toughness, uh, the playmaking ability, the versatility. Again, like I love guys that go both ways. He does it. Uh, all his tools are very projectable. We look at the length and the skill and the toughness. Mm-hmm. So Nate McKenna, Monta Vista, High school in Danville, California. This guy uh, can help you out in a number of different ways. Like I said, I'm a fan, and uh, I think he's someone who all colleges should make a point to stop by this upcoming spring and summer, Keith. Nate Ruchena, Danville, Monta Vista High School. Congratulations. You're this week's Transparent Truth Sleeper of the Week. It's time to move on. Thanks a lot, GB. That was that was cool. Nate Ruchena from, yep. from up north. Absolutely. We got to show our, our young brothers from up north some love and uh, is a guy that can play. We want to put a shine, put some shine on him, put a spotlight on him. And coaches, get out there and see your guy. Um, you know, GB, Blair, Huff, they all kind of stamp him as a guy. So uh, my advice, get out there and go check him out. So uh, thank you again, GB. It's time to move along. And, you know, GB, you know, let's get, you know, I'm not the one to beat around the bus, GB. Let's just get straight to the stuff. Here, okay. This is going to be a little bit of uncomfortable conversation for some people, not for me. Um, I am the transparent truth, and I feel comfortable talking about just about anything, um, live or privately. It doesn't matter. Uh, but this will make some people uncomfortable. And for those of you who makes this, if this makes you uncomfortable, then it's a probably a good chance for you to kind of reflect on your morals and values. Okay. Um, but for those who it doesn't make you uncomfortable, this is a good chance for you to engage in deeper discussions and conversations about this next upcoming talk, topic. And we're talking about public versus private, GB, public versus private. And we're not just talking about it from 
in an athletic standpoint or a sports standpoint. We're talking about is just school choice, personal preference, uh, parent preference. I want to start there, but it's going to move into um, some gender issues. It's going to move into some racial issues. It's going to move into a couple different um, arenas. I feel like this conversation or this dialogue will will kind of venture off into. But I think that's okay. I think that's that's a, a, a conversation that needs to be had and people need to hear it and it'll spark a, a seed or plant a seed that will spark some discussion um, further and deeper uh, underneath the surface. So with that being said, Greg Biggins, you did a couple of articles on a couple of guys who chose to transfer from public, excuse me, from private. I'm just going to leave it there, from private. And um, I, please... For those who don't know or for those who haven't read, please kind of share um, what those interviews were like. What were the contents of those interviews? Yeah, so I think by now everyone everyone knows Elias Ricks and Darion Greenborn, modern days, two really, really good defensive backs, elite corners, about to be three-year starters. Decided to transfer out of modern day and both said basically for the same reason. They wanted to be able to graduate early and they were taking outside courses, and modern day was not going to accept those outside courses. People were going to say, well, how did Brew do it? How did JT do it? They, they were taking, um, you know, cl- classes that modern day offered. So that was kind of the, the deal there. Uh, for Elias and Darion, I don't think they came into high school with the, with the thought process of, of being, you know, three and a half years and out like JT and, and Brew were. So they weren't as prepared but still felt like, you know what, our grades are fine. Uh, you know, we should be able to get this done. It wasn't going to happen. I know it was agonizing for them. In fact, Elias was extremely close, extremely close to reclassifying and going into LSU, like, this fall. He was going to do the whole JT Daniels go a whole year early. He actually had the outside classes to make that happen, but decided, decided not to um, simply because he felt like he would be finishing up summer school and then jumping into LSU without enough time to fully prepare for that. Darion... Uh, for him, he met with Marty one last time on Friday. I feel like the family was still hoping that they would allow them to do that. Both those kids have this have this vision of of coming in and playing right away in college, and they feel like going in and being able to participate in spring ball will give them the best advantage. So I, I'm not sure if their reasons are really a public versus private debate. It was more of a you know some schools, even the private sector, modern, or modern day versus Bosco. You know, Bosco's always been. You know, a little easier to grad early in. I think Josh Rosen was the first guy to do it. But since then, um, you know, they've been a lot more uh, allowing players a lot easier to, to do the three and a half years and go. Marday's still really tough. And, and because of that, you know, they're they're losing two of the best players the school has ever produced. Right. Right. Um, and no, I don't, I don't think that's a public versus private issue. But I think this conversation will dive. It'll, it'll head in that direction um, because I think – to, to really get the the gist of this entire situation between Darion and, and Elias transferring out, I think you got to kind of go back to the beginning. Um, and I was this kid coming out of eighth grade. I mean, I'm sure Elias was. I heard about him in, in youth football. Darion is a legend for the IE Ducks. And coming out, you're choosing between which high schools you're going to go to. Right. And so if if we can really quickly, Greg, I like to talk about a couple of components that are, you know, maybe deciding factors for parents when trying to decide whether or not to go public, public or private. Um, so 
first is you know religion, right? Religion. Um, do you wish to have religion taught to your kid while at school? Um, I know for me personally, that's not something that's mandatory for me and in my family. Um, Greg, I don't know how you feel about that, but I know when my kids come out of middle school, that won't be a deciding factor whether or not, or whether, you know, not whether or not, but um, if they'll be getting taught religion in school. But that's one of the components you have to kind of look at when deciding whether to go public or private. Greg, any thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, I think... I think that's a part of that. I think for a lot of athletic families, I really haven't heard that mentioned as much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think in the, in the church, you know, you'll see people who will want their kid to have a Christian education, whether it be, you know, your standard Christian versus Catholic thing. That doesn't really matter. I think they, they just like the private education part of that standpoint. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know how many of the players making decisions, at least from a football standpoint, are, are based as much on that versus... You know, hey, where can my kid get, get the best opportunity to, to play right away and, and showcase himself? I think that probably carries more weight than uh, if he's going to be taught evolution versus creationism in class. Sure, sure. And we'll get to the football part of it. I just kind of want to um, ascend to that piece of the discussion. Um, other components to consider when you're talking about public versus private, because I kind of want to look at this thing holistically. Other components to consider, I think, are um, class sizes, right? How big are the classes? Public school tends to have bigger class sizes. I'm talking number of kids in a class than a private school, which is more of a small learning community. So that's something um, that needs to be considered for sure for people um, in terms of the quality of instruction. And that comes from the teacher, right? Um, I looked up a statistic earlier this morning, Greg. Uh, private school teachers are 5% more likely uh, to be in a school longer than in in private school than they are in public school. Didn't know that. Not that big of a deal um, if you look at the numbers, but that is the stat that's out there. In addition to teachers and, how, and their significance and important to the educational process, you also look at um, the classes that are available, right? And uh, public school, they offer AP honors courses, so on and so forth, so do privates. So I'm, what I'm trying to get to, Greg, here, just in terms of off the field, um, and last thing I want to touch on is, is diversity, right? Diversity in public and private. There's a little difference there. Private, private schools tend to be less diverse. Private schools tend to be less diverse. Public schools, more diverse. So when you talk about components off the field, Greg, um, what factor they play in a student athletes and his family's or her family's decision to go public or private i think those are contributing factors to look at but when you talk about athletically right when we talk about athletically the what's the perception greg you talk to a lot of people we talk to a lot of people, but you know you're you're constantly talking to people. i can't get you off your phone when you talk about making that decision as a student athlete what what are you what is the perception of public and private school greg from the people that you've engaged i think i think there's definitely a perception if you're talking mostly just you know from education standpoint i think there's definitely the perception that a private school education is far superior than a public school education you know better teachers who are paid more um you mentioned the stat i thought would be higher 
about they stay out of school longer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, you know, more classes that that are being offered, uh, maybe more AP classes that are being offered. Obviously, public schools offer quite a bit of AP classes as well. But I think usually, typically, you'll see private schools will have, you know, more. Um, more selections to choose from, mm-hmm. and so I think the definitely the definitely a, a feeling of to forget sports. Just you want the best education. Mm-hmm. Private school is the way to go. Okay, so in terms of education, um, is that how you feel, or that's the perception that you you're, you're receiving from others? I, I mean, that's the perception. I've I'm, I've always been a public school guy. My mom was a public school teacher, right? Um, so I, I've always been a fan of, of public schools. For okay. a lot of reasons, um, I love the diversity. I love that my kids were raised around different, you know, races and everything. I I love that fact. Um, even in Huntington Beach, um, but I, I do see there's benefits to to go in the private route as well. So for me, like I think you said it really well. You said it doesn't have to be a public versus private, more like public and private, right? I think there's definitely benefits to to both sides. I don't know if I can say one is better than the other. It's just for me, I've always been a fan of the public school. You know, shoot, save the money, and and you know, and go and get a, a similar education. Now, if someone were to show me maybe some statistics, I'm sure they're out there, where you know, private school kids test dramatically higher on the SAT, ACT. Um, maybe those are out there. I haven't I haven't seen them. But if there's that's that's definitely a discussion to make. But just for me personally, and just when I went to college, um, I didn't really notice the kids from private versus public. I didn't really notice a big bump and oh, these guys went to private school. Man, they're 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 the ones that are leading the leading the grade curve. It was it was pretty much it didn't matter what school you went to. Um, you know, if you're smart and diligent and work hard, you know you're going to be similar. So that's kind of what my own personal experience. Right, and and, and that's where I kind of, I want, kind of want to take this. So as a as a young eighth grader coming out of middle school, you know, private schools, you know, they came, you know, knocking down our door. But I always, you know, I always wanted to go to my local school. I wanted to play with my local friends and I wanted to establish something locally. Now, as a parent of a young or young athlete, not of a young athlete, but of young athletes, I would like them to do the same. Now, you know, eventually it's going to be a joint decision, but I'd like them to do the same. I like them to stay close to home. I like them to play for their community, play with their friends that they grew up, grew up with and build um, build the prestige of their sports community, and, there, and there's no reason why you have to venture out um, to go get a good education and, or more or less, get a good football or athletic experience. But Greg, and here's where one things count, get one team, baby. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but here's the tricky part: when you come out of eighth grade. Private schools have a way of encouraging you to come to private school, right? They have a lot of um, enticing. enticing, very good, better word. They have a way of enticing you to come to private schools. But, Greg, what that does to city schools and inner city schools is devastating. Let me give you an example. You talk about a guy... Let's talk about a guy like Anthony Beavers, right? Anthony Beavers, Inglewood kid. Uncle played for Inglewood High School. Inglewood grew up playing at Baldwin, Baldwin Hills. More or less an Inglewood kid. And when you take a 3.9 GPA student 
and a terrific athlete out of the city or inner city, that's devastating to the inner city, Greg. And I know this might make people a little uncomfortable. And when you add that great student and great athlete to a affluent suburban private school, what, what then has transpired? You have now devastated the inner city by taking one of its talented 10th and delivered it to a suburban privileged private school where things can things can be a little less um not sure what the word I'm looking for things can be a little less kosher because of certain circumstances right things can be a little less um inviting because of certain circumstances i've seen the emails from parents i've seen the messages from boosters they will tell you how they really feel about you when you leave now when you're there it's all smiles and giggles but when you leave decide to leave whatever the case may be decide to transfer back true feelings will then show and I say all that to say this, Greg. I understand parents and how they feel and they want the best for their child. And I want the best for mine as well. That doesn't mean the best isn't right there at home. That doesn't mean the best isn't, you know, 30 miles away at a suburban private school. My point is that the, the crippling blows when you take the talented 10th out of the city, inner city, public schools is devastating. Everyone knows, and I'm not, well, maybe I shouldn't say that. Everyone doesn't know. The success of schools hinges a lot, Greg, and you'd probably be surprised at this, on the success of its football team. Oh, thousand percent agree with that. Yeah. I've always, oh, the, yeah. that's always been the perception. Yeah. If your yes. athletic programs are great, people yes. think your school is great. Right, right. And, and a lot of times, Greg, your school is. A lot of times, especially in in the inner city, when you have because football is the first sport in the fall. When you have a good football season, the whole dynamic of the school changes. I'll never forget being at Compton High School coaching and it was the most rundown the most dreary and it's like a cloud was over school when i got there the program was 0 and 30 greg freshman team 0 and 10 jv team 0 and 10 varsity team 0 and 10 outscored by um what was it 552 to 10 in league play that lends itself to a frustrating school year, behavior problems, teacher turnover, the whole nine. But in three years, Greg, when we turned that, we turned it around first year. We started off, I believe, four and zero before we played Dominguez and Richard Sherman. Um, and the school had a dramatic change. Now, you take away the coaches. Who were we? Who I was with at that program? 
you're back to 0 and 10. You're back to a ugly scene. You're back to a terrible school year. And that's the type of effect taking away good players or good coaches has on the inner city and on city programs. And so I'm not sure that that's the best route for players, for programs, for coaches. To each his own, of course. But I think there's something to be said for um, staying home and uplifting your community. I think there's something to be said for that. Any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, in a perfect world, and I've said the same thing, I think it's great if everyone stays and plays for your local team. And that's always been, you know, kind of the, the the perfect system. But I guess to play devil's advocate. I don't, I don't have a hard, fast opinion on it, but uh, let's take, for example, when I first started in this company, you know, Dorsey was a destination school. Mm-hmm. Um, Crenshaw was a destination school. I mean, those games were electric. Legendary, sure. Legendary, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, now, obviously, not so much. So, it's if you have a kid who has the option to, to stay local, Go to Dorsey and say, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna be loyal to my local school. I'm gonna help turn this thing around. What if he goes there? The coaching, if we're just being real, mm-hmm. isn't always up to par. The rest of the players around him aren't up to par. So you might have the right idea, but it could totally backfire in your face. And you're seeing all these other guys that you know you're better than because you grew up with them you played pop warner with them maybe you even play a little seven on seven with them maybe you run track against them and like dude this guy is going to this school over here and he's getting 10 offers and he can't even hold my jock strap what, what am i doing here at this school getting not developing we don't have a weight program we're playing on dirt fields so i, I kind of see both sides if you're a parent you want what's best for your kid and at the same time i do love the fact of hey stay loyal to your school man like I get that. I get both sides of it too. That's why I don't. I don't really have. I don't think there's a right or wrong. I don't think mm-hmm. I don't have a hard fast opinion on it because I think every incident is, is, is different. Now you could stay at a a Banning, um, a Compton, a Dominguez, a Crenshaw. You can. We just we still see guys get offered out of there every year, sure. right? They still produce, right? But I, I think the other question is, okay, what about preparing myself for college? Mm-hmm. Am I gonna? Is my son? You know. Is he preparing, giving himself the best chance to go as a freshman to come in? So then that enters the equation. So I think there's so many factors here that I think a lot of parents and, you know, just being comfortable in your environment, bring it back, bring the academics back into it, bring just the level of coaching he's getting, all that kind of stuff, all that, that all goes into it. So I think it's a really, really tough decision for parents. No, I agree. I agree. And facing that tough decision can often lead to, um, overanalyzation. I know one of the rebuttals to the whole public and private conversation is if my kid wasn't this talented athlete, the private school would not even know who, his name and would not give him the time of day. What do you have to say about that, GB? I would agree mm-hmm. um, to some extent. You know, I think that's, you know, I don't want to stereotype too much and say all oh, the private schools only care about you as an athlete. I think there is still some, you know, there, there's good people everywhere who truly care about kids and, and they want them to benefit, not just as, as a football player. 
But yeah, the reality is they're not busting in kids. And let's be honest, kids are getting busted in from one area to the next. Yep. They're not doing that because of your GPA or because you're good in science or math, right? They're doing it because you can run a 4-4 or to the football 60 yards or, you know, knock a kid's head off as a linebacker. That's why they're bringing kids in. So do they care as much as your local? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, I've seen, like you said, I mean, I've seen some emails and some, some crazy text messages from, from coaches in the kid's local area. Yes. Or the kid, or the coaches, or his support system there really didn't care that much for that kid either. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I think it kind of does work both ways. No, I agree. Um, and, and, and examine it from both ways. And, again, it's, it's, it's preference. It comes down to preference, right? It's going to come down to preference. And what you desire more um, as a parent for your child, I know for me and mine, we intend on going to the local public school, which is Gar High School. And... I know Gar might not be a powerhouse. I know they might not be an upper echelon school in terms of athletics. They got a solid basketball team. They got a decent football team. But that doesn't scare us. We're going in there to turn it into a powerhouse. We're going in there to turn it into a CIF champion. And regardless of you know, where my kids' friends go and what school offers what for us to go there. Our objective is to go be great in our home, quote-unquote, state. Go be great in our home state, which is our, our local community, right? We're going to go be great in our... And it, it essentially, it comes down to the individual, Greg. If you want to be great, then step into your greatness on campus and put forth the energy, effort, and enthusiasm it takes to be great. Nobody can stop that. You're in control of that. Not no uh, incompetent coach or incompetent teachers. No, Greg, no. Um, I think that's a cop-out for a lot of parents. I think that's a justification for making a decision that For, for lack of a better word um, is kind of phony making a phony kind of fake decision because at, at any point in time your child could choose to be a piece of crap at a, at a private school it is on the individual it's on that child with the support of his parents if you want to be great, you have to choose to be great, regardless of what school you go to, regardless of the environment around you. Go look at Josh Jacobs. Grew up in the project, sleeping on the floor. He could have chose to be a piece of crap. He could have chose to be in jail. He chose greatness, Greg. It is on for me, it's on the individual. You can go to a you can go and get bust an hour away, wake up at 5 a.m. in the morning, come back at 8 p.m. at night, and you can choose to go to the suburban private school. I, that's no knock against you. There's no knock against you. That's your choice. For me and mine, we're gonna make home great. We're gonna make home great. We're gonna build a kingdom in Cerritos. We already have at the youth level. We've built a kingdom. And we're not leaving our kingdom for nobody to join anybody else's kingdom. We're going to build greatness in our city 
and we're going to put the city on top of my kids' shoulders, and they're going to carry us. And whoever wants to jump on board with that, by all means. If you don't want to jump on board with that, you either get with us or you get ran over by us. Simple. What we're not going to do, Greg, is we're not going to leave our community, leave our friends, leave our hometown for a 5 a.m. bus trip, an 8 p.m. return, and smaller class sizes. That's what we're not going to do. And that's just me putting my own personal business out there. But that's what we're not going to do. Because I feel I don't have an issue with putting my own personal stuff out there. Um, I don't think you'll need to, though, Keith. I think you're you're in the area. I mean, Gar's solid. That's gonna be a, that's a solid choice for the Miller family. Amen. I really believe that. Are you guys going to beat Modern Day or Bosco? Probably not. That's not, or, yeah, maybe, that, maybe, not, maybe that's not a part of the goal. There. Maybe they will. Right? Yeah. Maybe things will change. But I'm just saying, if we're just talking tomorrow, say he's a high school, he's an eighth grader. Right. Um, but I, I still think, you know, Josh Jacobs, that's a great story. It is. But you know what that's called? An anomaly. It's called the exception to the rule. Mm-hmm. And he's not alone. There's a lot of stories like that. But yes. That is still called the exception to the rule. And I, I feel that no matter where you go, agreeing with your point, man, you better put the work in. I don't care if we're at modern day. Right. Or if you're at Dorsey, if you're at Ocean View High School, man, you better be working there. Right. <laughs> your chances to get seen and promoted, it just matches a different story altogether. So I think there's no, it, well, I do think at some schools, it's, it's not a level playing field. Let's just be honest. If you're at St. John Bosco and you're playing in showcase games, you have a premier strength program and you have our friend Terry Bullock talking to coaches and getting you out and getting you offers versus you could be that same player at Ocean View High School and guess what? He's not going to get those same opportunities. He's just not built that way. Now you could still you could still be you could still be great mm-hmm. but and I'm not trying to say hey go to Bosco go to Bosco. I'm just saying like I do believe that there's the playing field isn't always level everybody's not created equal with the same opportunities and that's not just football that's all sports i mean we got a guy that lives around the corner from us plays soccer with my plays club with my, with my kid who goes to survive he lives yeah. he lives around the corner from me right he's not a better player survive is a much better program not even close and mm-hmm. he's going big time d1 my kid's going to juco which i mean that's his choice he could have went further but i'm just saying like it's just Opportunities are not going to be the same. Even if you are better, even if you give yourself that that opportunity, I love what you're saying, and I agree. I wish everyone did what you guys are going to do. Stay local, build up that local school. That's I I believe in that. Um, but I also am not going to. I don't want to use the word attack. I'm not going to like. I'm not going to say anything negative about the family that does see that. You know what? I want my kids to have the the best chance to succeed. So we're going to have them wake up at five o'clock in the morning. We're going to have them take a, a bus. We're going to have. I'm going to drive it myself. We're going to do all this other stuff to give him their their best chance. I'm not going to kind of like crap on them either. So, but is I that the best chance, Greg? Stuff. Though, you know, I, I think it begs the question: Is that the best chance to succeed? And I know you said you know opportunities aren't equal; they aren't fair. But the perception is the best chance to succeed is to get up at five a.m. and return at eight p.m. I, I'm not I'm not so sure that that's so true. 
academic. I think for some, for some, it is. You know, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's, that's it's a good individual, way to point. individual choice. I think yeah. if they feel like that is their best choice, that's that's more of my point. Yeah. Okay. I'll go with that. Um, I, mean, I, I, I will. I will say this. I think there's there's guys at Mari and Bosco, Centennial, Mission Viejo, Narbon, Jay Sarah, um, all great football programs. You know, if you're at a, if you're at a school like that. With with that coaching and that level of development, that strength conditioning program, that nutrition program, that they they all those guys, I believe, you know those players are are going to be given a little better chance than the kid who goes to Ocean View High School. And that that's just that's just a fact. You can be a great player at that school, but you are not going to get the same level of development. It's just you could be you could still be great, but it's just going to be a little bit harder for you. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing with the classroom, right? You know, you're not going to get the same education at Whitney High School as you're going to get at Dorsey High School. Whitney High School is the best high school in Southern California, right? Academically, right? Right on the corner from my house. Best high school in the state almost academically. But don't you have to supplement at that point? You, you just have to supplement your academic experience if you're not at Whitney and you want the best? Or does that mean you have to go to Whitney? Yeah, I guess that's you know everybody's choice, but I mean, I think academics are a one-on-one sport, though. It's just you, you in the classroom. Right. I mean, if you're a, if you're a, a wide receiver and your quarterback sucks and you have no offensive line, guess what? You're not going to showcase yourself. It's impossible. If you're a running back with an offensive line who averages 195, you can't showcase yourself. If you have a coach, there's no difference between you know man coverage and zone. You can't showcase yourself as well as if you go to a school that has the top of the line everything. I mean, that's just that's just common sense. Right, I understand that, but I think that's why the off is important too. Correct? Correct, but it's still a team game. Sure, you can build yourself up, dude. You could be freaking Bo Jackson. That's a bad example, but if you have no other talent around you and a coach has no clue what he's doing, and I'm obviously giving a, you know, I'm giving a way, you know, extreme. Right? We're, <laughs> yeah. going, we're talking extremes here. Right. So, um, it's, is that your? Is it your in your best interest if you want your son to go play college ball? It, is it your best interest to have him play? with other players who have no desire to play college who are out there because it's either that or PE and they have zero talent and your coach is a, a former PE teacher who doesn't know a football versus a basketball and, and you're saying, hey, I want to give my son the best chance here. Go play for Joe Slappy over here or go play for Chad Johnson. Go play for Matt Logan. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I think it's an individual choice, but you have to make sure that I think Gar High School is a solid choice. Is it like I said, is it right now? Is it Marde, Bosco, Narbon, Centennial? No, but it's still a, a solid choice. I think there's a lot of schools though that are not that are like underneath that, and that's where it gets tough. I think when I, when I grew up with the old city section of Dorsey, Banny, and Crenshaw being dominant teams, and now if I'm with that, if I have a parent, I'm, I'm I want to keep my kid here because I think he's it's more he's more comfortable. He's a, he's a, it's a better environment for him. He's more comfortable here. But but what if this is the parent thinking? What if he's not going to get developed or seen or given the same opportunities from a scholarship standpoint? Is if he goes to this school A, B, or C or D? That that's why I think it's a really tough individual choice. So as a, as a former coach, Greg, I I definitely understand what you're saying, and I agree to an extent. As a parent, though, it's not it's not. It's not the coach's job to develop my kid. That's my kid. And this is how I see it, right? And everybody may not see it this way, and I respect that. It's not the teacher's job 
or it's not the teacher's responsibility to teach my kid. It's my responsibility. It's not the coach's job to coach my kid and make sure he knows the game and has the skills and the abilities to to that that translate into being a big time player. That's my responsibility, right? Um, it feels like everything's being pushed on everybody else, and there's a lack of accountability from the parent through this conversation that we're having. Um, no, I think you're, you're confusing developing the, the individual player versus being on a team where he's going to be able to showcase what he does well. Your son could be the best running back in the area, and that's on you. Say you, you, you train him yourself, you develop him academically, spiritually, physically, all that, and he's ready to go. And then he goes and plays on a team that can't chew gum and walk at the same time. Mm-hmm. All that individual development that, that you did is, is all for nada if, it, if no one can see him, him do, the, do those great things. Now, he'll flash, right? Because even the great ones, they can flash sure. no matter who's around them. But I'm just, I'm just making the point of right. I'm not saying it's up to the coach to raise yeah. your kid or to train your kid. Yeah, You can do that yourself. But I'm saying to put him in a position mm-hmm. to really shine, right. I do believe that there are some programs that do a much better job of that. that that's, that's, there there that's, are. That's not really debatable, yeah, right? That's not debatable. It's not debatable. Of course. There are programs um, that do a better job of that. How much do you need for your kid, though? How much do you really need for your kid? Do you need all 300 pounders? Do you need five, three, five-star, four, five-star receivers? Some of it's... Okay. Okay. I see where this is going. Listen. <laughs> I, I know you're going to, <laughs> and I'm not going to disagree with you. I, I You know, I... Everyone wants to stack, stack in their favor, right? Like, if I'm not a gambler, you are. Right. But, like, if I'm going to make a bet on a game, I want to know for a fact my team's going to win. Right. <laughs> or, 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 or I won't bet. I'm not going to make a bet unless I know. And I think with, with, some, with some families, you mm-hmm. know, man, you want that deck stack? Because, I mean, this is your kid, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you want to give them every advantage possible to fulfill that dream. And if if you can go, hey, you know, I don't need to have five five stars, but it sure would be nice. I don't need to have you know Joe Joe Montana as my as my quarterback, but man, what that that wouldn't be a bad thing. So I don't think you need to have it fully stacked. But I think if you're a parent and you do want what's best, and this should apply not just for sports, right? Right. This should apply in every aspect of your life. Like, <clears throat> right. It should just be, hey, football, football, football. He's got a 2.0, but I don't care because it's football, football, football. I mean, if you want what's best in one area, it should apply to everything. But I, I do think, man, if you're a parent, man, you want to give your kid every chance. And I don't think he needs all that, but I think if you're a parent, man, it's like you don't want to shortchange him. I guess, I guess I'm just different. I guess I, I see things differently. I don't want to give my kid every advantage, um, and I don't want him on a, have to have a stacked deck. Um, I want him to work for everything he's gonna get. I want him to earn every inch of life he w- wants to get out of it. Um, and I don't want him to have a stacked deck. I want him to know what it feels like to struggle and strive. I want him to know what it feels like to, to face adversity and how to become resilient. I want him to learn the lessons that I learned 
that's made me help me become the man that I am so he could become that man and even better. That's just for me. That's just for me. Um, no, I, I like what you're saying. Embrace the struggle. Yeah. And, and more that's than embrace you it, grow, over, you over, grow oh, from those, yeah. I you grow yeah. from those tough, right. tough times. I right. get that. I've, I've had those experiences, Greg. I went down south and played with guys down south who had nothing. And you got to battle. You got to battle, right? You got to battle. And. Um, I've, I've been in positions where I've been, you know, me and my wife, we we, we were shortchanged. We were just getting out of college or whatever, and we had to find a way. And I'm sure everybody's kind of got that story at some point in their life. But I, I'm not looking. We don't want a stack deck. When we when we went to go play for the Cerritos Hornets last year, what a stack deck. We barely had a freaking team. Are you kidding me? We had nine guys up until September 1st, right? We couldn't have an 11-on-11 practice. We don't want to stack deck. No, no, no. I want, I want you to learn what it means to be a leader. I want you to learn how to lead, why it's important to lead. You know, what can um, what can come from being that leader? No stack decks for us, man. No stack decks. My daughter's softball team, our team was not very talented at all. We had two girls who could really play. And we just lost in a championship, but it was the most rewarding season because the, the leadership, the adversity, the challenge, the um, everything that just comes from, you know, that battle, that grind, that struggle is what I loved about it. So, um I'm not in it for championships. I'm in it for yeah. the growth and the process. Sure. Um, and it's more fun, right? I mean, no one, like, Wilt Tremblin, Wilt, what did Wilt Tremblin say? No one roots for Goliath? Right. Right. We all love it when Duke, we all love it when Duke loses. <laughs> yes. For sure. You do, of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I get that and I respect that for sure. Yeah. No question. So, um, going to wrap it up. Thanks so much. Hopefully, somebody out there got something out of this discussion. Not public versus private, but public and private. Personal preference. You have a choice. Do what's best for you and yours. GB, thank you so much, my man. That was fun. Friday, we'll have a show for you. It's the Transparent Truth. Nobody does it like Coach Keith and Greg Biggins. There's a new sheriff in town. And his name's Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool.